Sí, sí. Hola amigos, bienvenidos a otro episodio de Conocimiento con Homenaje. Mi nombre es Homenaje al el Asesino de Leones, pero puedes llamarme David. Hoy hablaremos de México. Oh, I feel like my voice is coming in way hot right now. What up everybody, welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. That was me trying to speak Spanish. Uh, once again, I go by the name of Homage. You can call me David. I just took a trip on my motorcycle, my motorcycle to Mexico. And it was fun. And I want to talk about Mexico now because I feel like it's a very interesting place with a lot of crazy stuff going on. Beautiful country. And it's a fucking war zone. So it was interesting to go there alone on a motorcycle. And I want to tell you all about it. So thanks for joining me. I was probably clipping at the beginning of the thing there because I was so nervous trying to speak Spanish. I want to learn Spanish. That'd be cool. Oh, shit. And today's Cinco de Mayo. I didn't even plan that. That must have been a subconscious thing. Yeah, dude, fucking Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. I uh, hope you're all doing well out there. It's been a while. So yeah, I went on a motorcycle trip from Nevada to Mexico, northern Nevada, and uh, this was a couple weeks ago, and it was crazy, man. A lot of a lot of miles logged in the old Royal Enfield Himalayan. The bike did great. Um, had like a ton of stuff strapped on the back of it. Brought my skateboard, brought like camping gear and clothes and just all the essentials. And it was pretty awesome, man. Um, so I, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. I'd been wanting to go on a, a motorcycle trip since I got the motorcycle, but the weather just didn't allow for it. It was, as you know, one of the craziest winters ever up here. And there was finally a gap in all the snowstorms and stuff to where the passes were open and it wouldn't be freezing cold to ride over them. So I decided the day before that I was going to go. Packed all my stuff, got everything all together, um, tied it up to my motorcycle. It was like a mountain of shit onto it. And I had to figure out the way to balance it just right and tie it up with string and bungee cords and whatnot. And I was off. And then I went to start my um, motorcycle and then it wouldn't start. The battery was dead. And I was so bummed. So I had to f take all of the stuff off, which takes forever, feels like. And then uh, take the seat off and then put the jumper box thing in there. And then it started right up and then I was good to go. And I reattached all my stuff and I was wearing all my snowboarding stuff because I knew it was going to be really cold up in Tahoe and going over uh, Echo Summit and all that shit on the way to Sacramento. And then I was off and uh, had a blast. It wasn't too cold wearing all my layers. Um... Rode from here to Tahoe, stopped and bought a scarf in Tahoe because my neck was cold. And then uh, <clears throat> you go through that little fruit station thing, which I don't think it's a, a fruit station. It's like a checkpoint. And they have them on uh, the major highways around here, at least going into California. And uh, the chicks there were pretty stoked. I couldn't really hear what they were saying, but I could tell by their facial expressions. They're like, fuck yeah, this dude's riding through all this snow. And then I rode to Sacramento, and uh, that was fun. And then I got to Sacramento, there was a bunch of traffic, started splitting lanes, 
which was pretty exciting. Made it to San Francisco, which I love San Francisco, one of my favorite towns, despite all the the fuckery that goes on there. I've never had any major problems there. I love skateboarding there with my friends. Uh, drove down by like the touristy part of town near the water, past like classic skate spots, the island, Pier 7, drove past Pier 39, kind of a lot of traffic, but it looked like the city was in uh, full bloom. I haven't seen it like that in a while. I remember going there before <clears throat> the election, back when it was Trump-Biden, when COVID first started, and that shit was crazy, man. It was like Mad Max. Everything was boarded up. There was nobody there except homeless people. Like on the streets, nobody was walking around. It was all just homeless people smoking crack and doing heroin. And uh, and then us skateboarding. I went with like seven of my friends. And we had a fucking blast. We had so much fun. We got a, a couple of us got those electric scooters. And uh, we would like tow each other around like up the hills. And oh, dude, it was so much fun. Drank a bunch of liquor. Smoked a bunch of weed. Good times. So, uh... <clears throat> but yeah, um, got to San Francisco. I stopped at the Palace of Fine Arts, which is one of my favorite spots there, right next to the Golden Gate Bridge. It's this amazing building. Um, it has these giant columns. It's like an amphitheater type thing. There's like this nice little park area around it. And it's just a, an amazing architectural accomplishment. Um, I've ran across some guy on YouTube that says it's a, actually a remnant of ancient Tartaria, there's these people out there that believe that um, there was an advanced civilization that lived here in America, and then there was like a mud flood, and uh, everybody died off, or fucking there was orphan trains, um, and then we basically just occupied their buildings and then like did away with all that history. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's just, uh, they don't make them like they do anymore with the Palace of Fine Arts. It's a really awesome place. Definitely recommend you visit it if you make your way to SF. Now, after that, rode down to Half Moon Bay, which is on the coast, awesome little town, and I was looking for a spot to camp at this point, because I've been riding for like a really long time, and I was tired, um, and I was thinking I would just camp on the beach or something, right? Isn't that what you do when you're on a motorcycle trip, but not in California, because they got that shit locked down. I guess unless you're homeless, you could just, you know, do whatever you want, but um, I don't know. I wasn't trying to camp in the homeless fucking camp. So I like rode up this um this highway going towards back towards the bay, kind of like towards um Redwood City and all that. And I went on top of this hill, and I found this road called Skyline Boulevard. And I was like looking at this overlook, and I was like, "Fuck, where am I gonna camp?" Because it was getting dark. And then uh, eventually, I found a spot where I could just pull off the road, and it was like this awesome spot overlooking the whole bay and I just rode my motorcycle through all this grass and sticks and all this shit under this giant redwood tree and I just camped there and this was like billionaire neighborhood like there were people driving by and sports cars that I didn't even know existed and they were looking at me like what the fuck are you doing here the one guy like stopped me he was like what are you doing and I'm like hey what's up and we just like looked at each other for a while because I was in his driveway but it looked like a dirt road so it wasn't my fault but long story short, I ended up camping right uh, across the street from him, and he didn't know. But yeah, snuck out of there in the morning so I wouldn't get caught. It was so foggy, and like all of the trees and stuff were covered in dew, and you could hardly even see in front of you. And the dew 
was so heavy or the the fog that it all accumulated on the trees and the trees are massive and it basically makes it rain just because of all the the dew so that was crazy everything was all wet i was all wet fucking rode through the redwoods all that and i know i'm not talking about mexico but we're 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 getting there (laughs) rode through the redwoods and shit which was awesome saw a car that was flipped over that was crazy uh made it to like monterey area santa cruz skated in santa cruz Went to Monterey, tried, I wanted to ride down the coast and stay near like the Big Sur area, but I, as I didn't know, the camping there is like, you know, you got to pay for a spot and it's like $100, if you can even get one. And then like, I've looked at a spot I could have gotten for $100 and I was like, fuck that, that's bullshit. So I just went and got a hotel, went and checked out Monterey, super cool little town, um, hung out with the locals, we had a blast. And then I took off the next morning, wanting to go down the Big Sur way, like just down Highway 1, which goes along the coast. It's like super iconic, awesome road. Uh, but it's all fucked up right now, and there's like, I don't know how many miles, like 50 or 100 miles of it is closed off uh, because of landslides, because of the gnarly-ass winter that we had. So like all the time it was snowing up here, it was raining like crazy down there. So there's giant landslides, and the road's all closed, and I was kind of bummed about that. Uh, but I was trying to make it to Lompoc to visit my cousin, who's a rocket scientist. <clears throat> he works with SpaceX. And um, so I rode like through the Central Valley, which was super dope, actually, because everything's covered in flowers right now. Like there's a super bloom going on is what they call it. So all the hills are green and they're covered in flowers. And it's it's insane. Like highly recommend it if you can make your way out there this spring because it's awesome. Um <clears throat> was riding with a pretty insane hangover the whole time, which is terrible. And, uh, like, I forgot to use my um, earplugs. So that's, like, torture, dude. It's so fucking loud, and it's just, uh, yeah, it wasn't a good time for those first couple hours. But I laid in a park for a while, and um, then I felt like a million bucks and then made it to Lompoc, hung out with my cousin Adam, my little nephew, is that a nephew? Whatever, my nephew Max, um, who's awesome, and we talked about SpaceX and launching rockets into space and shit like that, and that was interesting, and then the next plan was to ride all the way down to San Diego, because I got a buddy that lives down there, my friend Proto, so I was going to stay with him and catch up with him, and um, did that the next day, which was a journey, riding through LA sucked, fucking tons of traffic, so you're like splitting lanes for like three hours, which is kind of terrifying to me because I had never even done that before. Um, but eventually I made it to San Diego, hung out with Proto for a night, had a fucking blast, and now we're about to go into Mexico. How long have I been talking for? Ten minutes. I don't even have much music lined up for you today, so I'm just going to keep talking. Um <clears throat> So yeah, like tell my buddy I'm going to go into Mexico. He's stoked. He's like, yeah, go for it, dude. I mean, you'll be fine. Just don't, you know, ride at night or <laughs> go into any neighborhood that is off the fucking touristy area or you'll get killed and kidnapped and whatever, which I don't know if that's true, um, but it can be. It's a crazy place down there. There's over 2,000 murders in Tijuana last year, something like 2,300 murders. That's insane. Like, even in the worst town in America, which I think right now is, like, New Orleans or something, 
Chicago's up there, Baltimore, fucking, yeah. Um, but it's like 350 murders, which is a lot as well. But 2,300, like, that's insane. And it's because it's a drug war there. Um, and there's these cartels fighting over territory and control of the drug trade and human trafficking and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I talked to a couple of my Mexican friends to get some um, advice, people that have been down that way a few times, and they basically all said the same thing, like, don't go out at night, and, um, you know, you should be fine. Um, so I crossed the San, y- San Ysidro to Tijuana, and um, Tijuana is fucking nuts, man. As soon as you get in there, it's like another world. And they don't even stop you. So, like, a lot of the times the border patrol or border crossings, they'll want to look at your passport and things like that. But going from America into Mexico, you just ride on in. And apparently what's happening now, like, most people, when they think of drug smuggling on the border, they think of drugs coming up from Mexico into America. But now a lot of people are bringing weed into Mexico from America because we got like way better weed up here from the clubs and shit. So they'll, you know, buy ounces, pounds of weed from the club and just bring it on down to Tijuana. And apparently a lot of these cartel disputes aren't even over trafficking drugs over the border. It's over controlling the drug trade just within Tijuana because apparently there's a huge market down there just with the people that live there. So these are interesting things that I've been learning. Uh, But yeah, getting into Tijuana, it's like a whole other fucking world. I'd been there previously when I was like 10 years old. Um, And it was a little crazy back then too, but it's it's way fucking crazier now. And it was a a nice day. And it's not like there was, I saw a shootout or anything, but it's just an adjustment, you know, a little bit of a culture shock. Tons of homeless people. um, You know, the place is just dilapidated for, for the most part. Um, in comparison to America, in terms of the infrastructure and things like that. Kind of smells like shit. Don't think they got the best sewage system down there. Um, tons of graffiti everywhere, a bunch of gang shit. And then I'm stuck in this giant uh, roundabout, and my phone doesn't work, so I don't have like any maps. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. I'm trying to get towards the beach to Rosarito. And um, I'm like trying to read signs and shit. <clears throat> Luckily, it was pretty well marked, but and I didn't. I don't think I made any major uh, mistakes because it's like pretty main roads you stick to. But I was in the middle of the city after crossing the border in this roundabout, and it's the weirdest thing. It's like a ten lane roundabout with a million people in it, and I'm like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" There's like lights in the roundabout. It's like, what's the point of this roundabout if there's lights? And then I'm uh, fucking sitting there, and I'm trying to follow the lead of other motorcyclists. Like, what can I do here? How are you guys doing it? So I would, like, just copy them. And you just, you're just you just riding between trap. It's a fucking nut. It's crazy. Um, and then I see these the military roll by, or the, the cops or whatever they were, and they're, like, in this pickup truck. There's four dudes in the back, and then one dude with a machine. They all have machine guns, and they're wearing helmets, and they have masks on. And uh, the dude it has, like, a mounted turret on the top of the fucking truck with a fifty caliber fucking machine gun on it. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is just normal. And they're just blasting through traffic like, you know, like they own the place, which they obviously do until they run into the cartel. Um, but eventually I make it through that. But it was kind of crazy seeing the, you know, the guys with the guns in the fucking trucks and shit. And it just really reminds you that, like, 
this is a serious uh, war zone right now. And um, but I finally got to Rosarito, which was cool, and it was pretty simple to find. I kind of got lost there and didn't want to stop too long because I don't know, like, what's gonna happen to me in these neighborhoods. I don't speak Spanish, like I look like a mark. Fucking people are gonna kill me, steal my shit, um, whatever. Uh, but apparently, most of the crime in Mexico just stays between the cartels, unless there's a, uh, you know, unless there's a shootout and people get caught in the crossfire. But apparently, it's pretty common down there to like, you know, be at the taqueria, you're eating some tacos, and there's a fucking shootout, and you like duck for a minute behind the taco cart. And then, well, you know, you look up and make sure everything's cool. You know, the guys are dead. And then you just go back and start eating your tacos again. Um, so that's kind of crazy. But yeah, I got to Rosarito. And um, it wasn't all that nice, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, the, the beach is beautiful the, and stuff. But you know, when you just come from San Diego, you're like, wow, this place is crazy. Just tons of gang graffiti and um, places dilapidated, tons of homeless people as well, and uh, shit like that. Sure, you could still have a good time there and, and do all that, but, you know, it certainly wasn't a resort town, although there are resorts there, but I was in, like, the real city. I wasn't doing resort shit. So I didn't really do much there. Um, everyone I met was super cool, super nice, went and had dinner there and stuff, and a couple beers, I didn't really party or anything. Uh, the next day, I walked around the town, got, like, the best haircut of my life. This chick was, like, so gentle and so fucking concentrated on cutting my hair. It was, like, it was it was interesting. Just never received a haircut like that. And it was only, like, five bucks. Uh, but I tipped her and whatnot. And she only knew, like, three words of English, which, and I only know, like, three words of Spanish. But it was a cool experience to get my hair cut there. And then, uh... After that, went and chilled at this beach, which was super sick, and fucking just had a blast out there. The water was super cold, um, but it was weird. It's like you're chilling at this beach, and it's like covered in garbage, and I don't know, dude. It's like something about, I don't know if it's the culture down there or what, but it's like, why don't we pick up the garbage, <laughs> you know? Like, why can't everyone grab 10 pieces of garbage, and then this place will look nice, because it's a super beautiful place, but it's like they just let it go to shit. And so that was a little disappointing. But whatever, teach their own. Um, anyway, fucking went to near Ensenada and like camped there. And there was dolphins surfing the waves. Had a blast and it was cool and checked out some shit there. But anyway, then I left a couple days later. So that's that's basically the whole story. Had some fish tacos, you know, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then I rode home, camped in Lone Pine one night. This one stopped at this hotel because my phone was dead, and I wanted to call someone to let them know I was all right, and I survived. And uh, the dude wouldn't let me use the phone at the hotel. So I was like, well, fuck you, dude. And then I found a really nice guy at the gas station who did let me use his phone, and he told me where to camp. So that guy was super cool. I always find that gas station attendants are pretty nice. They're pretty nice people. Uh, hotel attendants, at least this guy at this flea bag shit can hotel wasn't very cool but the gas station guy was cool and then the next day i came home um so that was that now let's stop with a song real quick and we'll go into studying why mexico is the way it is or at least what i've learned about that 
Yes, that was Zarface and Ghostface, Powers and Stuff, off the Zarface-Ghostface collab album, which is a great album. I love any Zarface album. And we could throw Ghostface in there, too. So, while I was down there, I had the question had to pop in my mind. I was like, why is Mexico so shitty? <laughs> and it's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful country. They have so much to offer, and... um but in like comparison to America, it's it's a third world country, you know? And um, it, I was just questioning like, why is it like this, you know? And trying to figure it out. And I know America's got to be partially responsible due to our foreign policy and setting up the drug smuggling shit. 
and uh, all of that. So now I'm like on a journey to find out why Mexico is, is the way it is and like what happened, how it became like that, when it can be next to the most prosperous country in the world. So apparently what's going on down there as far as all of the murders and all of that is the drug war. And most people know that. It doesn't get covered in the American news so much um, because, you know, then it would have to be addressed if people actually cared about it. But it's really horrific what's going on down there. It's like one of the worst battle war zones in the world, if not the worst. And it's um, cartels fighting over control of territory, control of uh, the drug smuggling trade, as well as human trafficking. Like human trafficking has become a huge... Uh, part of their business style now. So everyone knows a ton of drugs come from Mexico and the United States is their biggest customer, but I think people forget how big the human trafficking aspect is. And considering how many people are coming over the border each month, I think it's illegally, I think it's over a couple hundred thousand now. Um, so it's it's gotten absolutely insane. And each one of those people, they have to pay the cartel, the coyotes, to get them over. And it costs a lot of money. It costs thousands of dollars. Like, I'm not sure exactly. I've never done it. Um, but I've heard estimates like five to $10,000. I'm not sure if that's in um, pesos or in, in dollars. But um, it's a lot of money because they got it totally locked down. And if you try to cross a loan, this is what I've heard. Obviously, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm a white guy living in America. Um, but if I hear if you try to cross a loan, you just can't because you'll either die in the desert or the cartel will catch you and be like, why didn't you pay us the fee? Because there's a fee, you know, and uh, they'll either kill you or rob you or just make you pay them or the cops will kill you and rob you and, and just leave you out there, you know. So they have it totally locked down. The cartels do um, for the human trafficking. And if you think about the American policy as far as the border um, it seems like ever since Obama got elected and then after that Trump, everything got so racially divided in this country to where like you can't even point out the fact that having hundreds of thousands of people cross the border illegally every day or every month could is bad, you know, like it's not sustainable. It's not good for the country. Um, and there's all kinds of crime and, and drugs and people dying. You know, it's a, it's a crime business getting them over. Ran by fucking terrible criminals who do insanely fucked up shit. You know, human trafficking. Um, a lot of the times when people come over that way and they don't have enough money to pay the cartel, they'll have to work for them. And they're basically slaves. So slavery still exists, but it's like everything's become so racially sensitive that you can't even point out obvious shit. And uh, Obama really sparked that with um, his election because everything was just all racial at that point. First black president and fucking shit just got weird, dude. And then you had Trump come in there who was like totally stoking the racial fires. And he actually was talking about doing something about Mexico, but like didn't fucking do anything. He's talking about building a wall, um, which never got built. Like there's er some areas that have walls. And that's not going to stop the drugs, though, because they got tunnels, and they've had tunnels forever. And who do you think runs these tunnels? Like, you really don't think that the United States government can't find where these tunnels are using some sort of radar technology or fucking 
LIDAR or whatever, and um, they, they know exactly where the tunnels are, but they run them. They run the entire drug trade, and that's why the the drug wars is not going to stop, not anytime soon, not with the current people, because they run it, dude. It's ran by the CIA and started by them. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yeah, human trafficking is a, is a huge aspect of it. I don't know if it's making as much money as the drug trade, but I think it's close. I, it might even be more. I'm not sure. And this, when when we talk about cartels, there's a bunch of different ones. There's just a bunch of different gangs. And um, just to give you some context of, of how out of control things are in Mexico, like the murders are f- fucking insane, dude. So for five consecutive years, there have been over 30,000 murders a year for five consecutive years. And it these are estimates from the Council of Foreign Relations, so... I would take them with a grain of salt. I definitely don't trust that organization. But I would say they're somewhat accurate. You know, I would say these are on the low end. So 30,000 murders a year for the past five years. And like I was saying, just in Tijuana, which is 15 miles away from San Diego, there was over 2,000 murders in, in 2022. So it's, it's fucking nuts. Um, 360,000 murders since 2006. So... That's fucking nuts, right? Um, it's it's unbelievable. Seventeen years there've been three hundred sixty thousand murders, and that's just cartel shit. And I don't think that um, that even includes the amount of missing people, because unless they find them and can locate them, that I don't think they can count it as a murder. And these these are numbers that exceed active war zones. So it is a war zone. It is a terrorist state, and um. These people rule with terror. You know, they, they fucking kidnap people. They do horrific things. You've seen probably photos of them hanging people off of bridges and fucking... It's just insane, dude. I just read this article about... um. Let me find it, actually. Well, I'll just do a little synopsis. So apparently, sometime last year, in 2022... And this was all in the places where I just went, in like Tijuana and Ensenada and Rosarito. These cartel members like went on social media, like on TikTok or something, and they like recruited a bunch of kids. They're like, hey, if you want to make some money, fucking come meet us here. And basically what they did, they stole a bunch of cars and like buses and shit and set them on fire in the middle of the road and like stopped all the highways and shit. And... um they like put out a curfew. Like the cartel is making curfews now. Like they're like, don't go outside. <laughs> and they shut down the fucking roads with flaming cars. And like, it's just insane, dude. They they really run the country. And the politicians that get elected are controlled by the cartel. Um, because you're not going to get elected if you don't work with them. And if you don't support what they're doing. Because everybody that goes against them gets murdered. You know, journalists that try to do stories on on what the cartel is doing get murdered. Politicians that try to do something about the crime get murdered. And it's it's just fucking nuts. Um, so yeah, over 2,000 merged in Tijuana just last year. I'm not sure how this year is shaping up, but I know it's the worst it's ever been, so it's probably going to exceed that. And um, there's other cities down there like Juarez and stuff. I don't think they have as many murders is Tijuana. Um, but 
there's a lot of places that are just no-go zones, like for white people and Mexicans alike. Like, they're like, I don't want to fucking go down there. Um, mass graves being found, tons of women going missing, and just nightmare stories of all kinds. Uh, the police corruption is insane. And you got to feel for these guys because, you know, not all of them are bad. Um, some of them are, you know, trying to take care of this shit and protect their community. And they're doing a hard job for no benefit, no benefits, like not much money, probably not a good retirement. And, uh, you know, they're risking their life for this. It's a dangerous job. And same with the politicians. So if there's anyone that actually is legit, you know, they, they could get killed. There's a very real possibility of that. So I, I know I'm making it sound super bad and dangerous. And there's obviously people go to, you know, millions of Americans go to Mexico each year. Um, but, you know, the smart ones will stick to the resort towns and stuff where this place doesn't happen because these cartels try not to mess with Americans too much. Because when you kill somebody with an American passport, you um you open yourself up to the scrutiny of the American government. So it's it's heat that they don't want. You know, they'll fuck with the other Mexicans all day. Um, but when you kill a an American citizen, that gets you in hot water and it becomes a big deal. And um, they don't want that. So they tend not to fuck with the tourists so much. I mean, if anything, it's probably like a corrupt cop that's going to get a few bucks from you. Um, and that's about it. But that's not saying that things don't happen. There's that story of the... Um, the Mormon family that was murdered. It was like women and children and I forget how many people, I think it was like over a dozen people, but yeah, babies and, and women and kids and shit, they all got killed and burned and it's pretty fucking nuts, man. Um, so yeah, there's entire sections of the country that are controlled by the cartels. Some people say over 70% of Mexico is under control by the cartel. I don't know. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. It's hard to tell with statistics. And the Mexican uh, news outlets are probably weary of covering these issues uh, accurately for the threat of getting killed. And the American news outlets don't cover it. They just sweep it under the rug because they're the ones that are provoking it for for a, a big reason. So like, so the place is a f insane. You know, it's it's a war zone and it's right beneath our feet and there's you know, tons of um, Mexican immigrants here, you know, who I have a ton of Mexican friends. Everyone I grew up with was was Mexico, Mexican, fucking second generation, but all their parents are from there. And, uh, you know, those are the homies. So you got to think, like, what is causing this? And obviously there's a variety of factors. But you got to think, like, okay, so there's this huge war zone right here in Mexico. So why isn't America doing anything about it? And I'm not even saying that that's a, would be a good thing because usually when America goes in to fix something, they just end up murdering a bunch of people like what they did in Iraq and Afghanistan and, uh, you know, what's happening in Ukraine. But it's like, okay, so we care so much about the Ukrainian people and um, we want to protect them. So we're giving them hundreds of billions of dollars for this proxy war against Russia, just because we care so much. But it's like, what are we doing about what's happening in Mexico? It's like a non-issue and they won't even talk about it. And it seems like the drug fuel, the drug trade is fueling this whole thing. And America is the biggest customer of drugs. But it goes both ways because, so while America is the biggest um, uh, 
buyer of Mexican drugs, uh, Mexico is also the biggest consumer of American goods. They're our number one trading partner at this point. So you can never expect them to like close the border completely or even tighten um, regulations on it and stuff because it's so there's so many economic factors that rely on trade between America and Mex- America and Mexico, whether it's illegal or legal. So that's not going to happen. And then um, you get into like the illegal immigration shit too. And um, oh, I already talked about this. But this is interesting. So think about this. Think about the drug epidemic that's going on in America. The fucking people on the streets, you see it in every major city, especially in places like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, fucking Philly, New York. It's everywhere, dude. There's these people that are zombies. They're just fucking totally out of it, and it's because of these drugs. And all of the heroin and the cocaine and the meth, a lot of the meth, it's all coming from Mexico. It's all coming from the cartels. It's making these guys filthy rich. It's causing an insane amount of death south of the border and above the border, too, because there are hundreds of thousands of overdoses happening every year. I think last year it was like 160,000 overdoses um, and deaths because of that and because of drugs in America. And all this shit's coming from Mexico. So that's like, you know, that's like an extermination. That's like a war. (laughs) If there have been 360,000 murders since 2006 in Mexico and there was 160,000 deaths from fentanyl in America just last year, you know, there's more people dying here from that shit. So, like, what's being done about it? It's nothing's being done about it. America and the, our government is provoking this shit because in cities like Seattle and San Francisco, they give you free ca- crack pipes and free needles and fucking safe drug zones and shit. I think in Seattle, they legalized all drugs or they're talking about it. So it's like, it's bullshit, dude, because it's so damaging and fucking deteriorating this country and making some of the most beautiful areas, like what used to be the nicest areas, turn to complete shit. And, and people don't want to live there. Because why would you? You know, you, you've probably seen videos of people um, in L.A. where they're pulling out of their, their garage in this place where they probably pay like $4,000 a month to live. And there's people just camping on their doorstep. Dude, having fires and shit. <laughs> there's like 100 people camped out of their fucking on their porch dude doing drugs and just being shitty and um the cops don't do anything about it like there's no incentive to clean it up so it's like why would anybody want to live there like i don't want to live there i don't even want to go there and you can't blame these people for getting out of these cities because they're ran so poorly and you can't chalk this up to all just ignorance. Like like the um, leaders are just so inept that they don't know what's going on and they just keep making the wrong decision. It's like, no, they're doing it completely on purpose. They're Obviously, this country is being destroyed on purpose. And then he could also take into account the Chinese aspect too because all of this fentanyl, it all comes from China. So you have these Mexican drug dealers who... Since weed was legalized, like weed doesn't make any money for drug trafficking because all of the weed is getting grown up here. 
Um, the weed in America is like insanely fucking strong. It's awesome weed. Um, it's fucking too strong in my opinion. It's making people go crazy. But the cartel used to make a ton of money off of smuggling weed, but now they can't do that. So now they have to grow heroin. They got to grow poppy. And, um, you know, they're learning how to do it, but they're not very good at it. So they got to cut it with something to make it stronger. So they put fentanyl in it. And it's the same thing with the Coke. So they cut the Coke so much to where it's like super shitty. <laughs> and then, so they put fentanyl in it. Even though fentanyl is a downer and Coke's an upper, they, that's what they do. So you feel something. And all of this fentanyl comes from China. Now, <clears throat> China obviously knows what's going on. China is like the most locked down country in the world. Nothing happens in China without the government knowing about it. They're a fucking totalitarian communist country. They're the country that originated social credit. Like, you can't get on the fucking bus if you said something bad about the Chinese government. You really think that they're, they don't know what drugs are going in and out of their ports by the tons, by the thousands of tons? Of course they know. So, like, the Chinese government is directly involved with supplying Mexico with these drugs, um, fentanyl in particular, but also other ones too, because well, another crazy thing that I've noticed, and I know I'm rambling, but there's just so much going on. It's so fucking insane down there, and I've learned so much. Um, when you go to Mexico, like you go down any main street, and it's just pharmacy after pharmacy after pharmacy. There's like 500 pharmacies in one small town. And it's like, what the fuck do they need all of these pharmacies for? And each one of them is advertising like uh, muscle relaxers, uh, Viagra is a big one. Ever it's Viagra, Viagra, uh, fucking ten for one special, and then um, a bunch of shit like that. So I visited a pharmacy because I wanted to get all of the um, the COVID drugs. So I bought fucking hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and a Z pack, the azithromycin. So I got all that. Um, and yeah, but it was just it was weird being in there and seeing because nobody goes to these things, right? Like I was the only customer. And they're, you could tell they're trying to get customers. So it seems like these are just drug fronts. And I've heard rumors of what they're doing is they use these pharmacies, but they're just really fronts for drug smuggling. So they'll put fucking fill up all these capsules, which are all from China, by the way, all of these fake drugs or whatever, uh, faux drugs or copycat drugs, they're all from China. So what they do is they use these, use these drugs and they'll fill them with other drugs or whatever. And then they use that to smuggle into America. And it could be full of fentanyl. It could be full of whatever the fuck. Uh, fake oxycodone, fake fucking whatever. So you have all these pharmacies that are just like fronts. And it's just, you know, I'm sure some of them are legit. But there's no town of, you know, 10,000 people that needs 500 pharmacies. It's just, it doesn't add up. So it's just interesting. And then the connection between China and then seeing the total destruction in America. And it's just, it's just fucking insane, man, to see how this network really works. Um, so I don't fucking know, dude. And then just going back to the war in Mexico, like how their technology works and stuff, like some of the shit the cartels have is crazy. Dude, they got helicopters and shit. They got fucking uh, missile launchers and stuff, like stinger missiles that'll like track and they could bring down a 
fucking airplane, and there's rumors that that has happened recently. Um, people are saying that all of the weapons that are going to Ukraine, all of them aren't actually making there, making them there, um, making it there. A lot of these weapons are actually going to the cartels, <laughs> so they're getting all of these sweet American military-grade weapons, 50-caliber machine guns, fucking insane shit. And then the people who work for the government in Mexico trying to enforce this stuff, the few that aren't corrupt, they don't have that type of weaponry. And it seems like the current administration there has no intention of making shit get better. You know, they're kind of looking the other way. Um, they're getting paid off by the cartels. They're the ones who really run shit. And, um, you know... Nothing's happening to stop it. Now, one thing that could stop it, uh, I was I listened to this awesome interview, by the way, with this guy named Ed Calderon, and I'll post a link to it. Uh, he's actually been on Joe Rogan a couple times as well, and he was a former police officer in Tijuana, and um, this is where I learned a lot of this stuff, as well as other research I did, but this in interview he did was insanely informative. So I'll post a link to that. Highly recommend it. But, um, ah, shit, what was I saying? Something about the the guns that they're using there and stuff. Oh, yeah. He was talking about how when he moved to America, he was super envious about how Americans can have guns. Because if Mexicans were allowed to have guns in the way that we are and actually carry them around and use them, then the cartel shit would have never gotten so out of hand because they would have fucking stopped it. You know, the good people that live there, which is a majority of Mexican people, they're not about that fucking life. Um, you know, if they all could all have similar weapons and stuff, they could have stopped it, um, nipped it in the bud, as they say. But in Mexico, like in their constitution, it says that they could have guns, but there's only like, I guess there's only like one gun store. <laughs> so you have to like fly there. It's like there's only one gun store in Mexico. So you have to be super rich to fly there and get the gun and register it and all that shit. And then once you have it, it can't leave your house. It's got to, like, stay there. And so it's fucking useless, basically, at least for protecting yourself in, in the real world. Um, but, yeah, so some of the shit that they're doing down there, like, for these little battles that they're fighting, they're using drones now. They're using drones to not only, like, transport drugs, and these are, like, drones you get from fucking Best Buy and shit because they got some pretty badass drones now. But they'll use them to, like, drop grenades on people and stuff to, like, go over government members' houses and drop a grenade in their fucking yard while they're chilling in the backyard or whatever. But, yeah, they'll use them to, to deliver meth and coke and heroin and for surveillance and stuff. And basically anything the military would use a drone for, the cartels are now doing as well. They're also doing, like, chemical weapons with drones. So there's instances of them taking a drone and then tying uh, some mining explosives with to it because the cartels control the mines too. So uh, Mexico is extremely rich in, in different minerals and stuff. It, I think it has the largest reserve of mineable lithium. So, you know, we could expect to see... Check this out. This is um, a theory that I have of what we might see in Mexico in, in the future, in the near future, would be Mexico... We getting an... We get a new president here, a more Republican-leaning president who's a puppet from the Illuminati, as they fucking always are. Some event happens in Mexico, similar to what's been happening this whole time, but it probably involves an American or something. 
it becomes a huge news story in America, and then they want us, it provokes the government, it's the Hegelian dialectic. So they, they create this event, and then the government responds, the American government, and says, oh shit, Mexico, they're a bunch of assholes, these cartel members, um, they're terrorists, so we gotta label them as terrorists. And then what happens once they label the cartels as a terrorist group, which is what they are, that enables America and all of its allies to go and fucking do what they did in Iraq and Afghanistan and what they do in Somalia and Yemen and fucking all of those countries. Um, They can go in there and just fuck shit up and use the full military and really take control of everything. And... Meanwhile, the war has been going on for 20 years and hundreds of thousands of lives lost and shit like that. They could have stopped it many years ago. But um, I think the the only reason that would incentivize them to actually do something, meaning the American military, the American government, would be to go in there and get all of that lithium. So I just wanted to throw that in there, a possibility of what might take place in the future, given the history of um, how the American empire works and these assholes that run shit. Uh, so yeah, they do like improvised chemical weapons with their drones, which is pretty insane. They take mining explosives and attach them to containers of pesticides and then they drop them with a drone like onto an enemy position. And apparently there's like trench warfare taking place in Michoacan, which is a fucking like one of the craziest war zones going on down there. Um, so they're like dug trenches in and then they'll do this. They'll, they'll drop these improvised chemical weapons onto uh, the enemy there, the cartels will. So it's insane. And as I mentioned before, they're also using, the cartels also using social media to like recruit kids and send out news bulletins. And, um, you know, and for people down there that don't got nothing, like that's pretty appealing, right? There's not much opportunity down there. And, um, so they'll send out a news bulletin and be like, hey, you want this lifestyle? Like, you know, some guy partying and probably with some bitches and shit and having a good old time. Meanwhile, these kids got nothing. They're like, fuck yeah, I want that. So that's how they get them. And then they, they groom them to become soldiers. You know, it'll start as being a lookout or whatever as a kid. And then um, maybe moving a package here and there. And, you know, entry-level shit until it's like, oh, here's this gun, go. Now you got to go do a hit, and then you're in. And there ain't no fucking getting out once you're in, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> so that's what's happening. I mean, there's a fucking ton of shit going on. Um, and like I said, it's not all bad. It's not like Mexican people are bad. It's just there's, it's a war zone. And it's the American fucking shit we got going on here, the demand for drugs is largely what's fueling what's going on. You know, if Americans weren't so fucking drug crazy, so, um, so, uh, obsessed with escaping from reality, then the demand wouldn't be there for all the drugs and there wouldn't be this kind of, uh, conflict going on. But you got to ask yourself, like, Okay, but why is it Mexico? You know, why aren't Canadians doing this shit? <laughs> you know, like, obvious, obviously Mexican culture is contributing to this violence. There, there's got to be something with the Mexican culture that provokes them to be more violent and fucking open to doing crazy shit like this 
than um, other people. Otherwise, like, why wouldn't you see Canadians doing this shit? Like, why aren't the Amish doing fucking crazy drug wars or whatever? You know, it's not their culture. And, um, and yeah, obviously, as I mentioned before, America's hugely involved as far as, like, the CIA going into Mexico and um, creating these drug networks and overthrowing governments. And, you know, I, I realize that element. But at the same time, I do realize it's Mexico is full of people and people have a certain way of behaving when they're part of a certain culture. So that's definitely a, a factor. And I would say it's the biggest factor. And if, you, if things are ever going to change down there, it's the people who are going to have to change. Because they glorify this shit. A lot of the people down there, they think it's fucking cool. And it's a lot like in America. Like, look at the um, most popular music and shit. It's all about drug dealing. It's all about fucking bullshit, dude. It's just the, the, the lowest aspects of society is what we glorify. And it goes back to fucking, you know, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. It, not the rapper, the fucking original gangster dude. And Al Capone and... Uh, the Godfather and all this shit, we've always glorified crime. And I think that's just how humans are. Um, but some cultures amplify it more than others. And in Mexico, it's very prominent to um, glorify these these certain cartel members. And um, they become like urban myths and legends. And some of them have even been amplified to saint status in the Catholic Church. Uh, they amplify themselves and you know, establish that themselves, but it is happening. And then this is something interesting that I learned um, because I was not aware of this. Uh, in Mexico, there's actually a religion of death. Um, it's called Santa Muerte. And Santa Muerte is a saint. And apparently there's 10 to 20 million people practicing this religion. And I don't know much about it, but it's just interesting that there's a legitimate religion of death down there. Um, so, you know, you got to think maybe that contributes in some way to, uh, that shit that's going down. And you've probably heard of, uh, the day of the dead that they have down there and the huge celebration in Mexico city, which actually looks pretty badass. And I think the coolest depiction of that was in, um, I think it's the newest James Bond movie. It starts out in the day of the dead and he's wearing that like badass mask. It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, but here's a little, a uh, little excerpt about the Day of the Dead. It says, Santa Muerte. Oh, this is Santa Muerte, actually, which is a religion down there. And they say it's an offshoot of capitalism. Or I'll just fucking read it. Santa Muerte is a personification of death. Unlike other saints who originated in Mexican folk Catholicism, Santa Muerte is not herself seen as a dead human being. She is associated with healing, protection, financial well-being, and assurance of a path to the afterlife. So, you know, sounds like she does cool shit, healing, protection, financial well-being, um, and assurance of the path to the afterlife. But it's, uh, it's just interesting that that exists down there, and then you have to ask yourself, well, this is probably a contribution of why they, you know, it probably contributes to why they're... Um, don't give a fuck as far as these cartel members killing people and shit. Um, but in the most part, you know, Mexico, from what I've learned, it's a very diverse country. It's fucking huge. Um, they're not all, um, they can't all be lumped into one political ideology. They got their, everyone has their own ideas about what's going on. Like they don't conform to whatever you think they do. Um, 
And and one example of that is how in America they try to push that Latinx bullshit. And Mexicans are like, what the fuck is that? Like, don't call me that. Like, dude, I'm Mexican. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they don't fall for that political correctness bullshit. And it's because they're street smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, they see what's going on. And you have to be to live down there. It's a, it's a hustler fucking country, dude. Like, um, it's, it's that type of culture. And they just have a different way of doing shit. Like, it, they're not, I don't know, dude, like, they don't snitch, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a big no-no. So, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. And then, one more thing, I got I can't talk about Mexico and American relations without mentioning the Fast and Furious scandal. So, this is when the ATF allowed these Mexican gun runners, or I don't know if they're American or Mexican. I know the guns were going to Mexico to the cartels, but the ATF just basically gave away all these guns and uh, to the cartel, and they said that it was because they wanted to track them. Um, but it was a shitload of guns, and this apparently this started in the Bush administration, but continued in the Obama administration, and they were all aware of it. Um, but none of the guns got tracked, so they just filled Mexico with these crazy-ass brand-new guns, machine guns, 50 cals, all kinds of shit, and a ton of people got killed, you know, tons of Mexican people got killed with them all over the place, and uh, it didn't become an issue, though, until a couple of ATF or Border, border Patrol agents got killed with them, and then it got in the American news, but, um, you know, who knows how many thousands of Mexicans got killed with these guns. And they didn't track any of them. Like, nobody got caught. Nobody got in trouble. But it's just like what Biden did in Afghanistan. So we go and fight this losing war for over 20 years in Afghanistan. You know, when when we did 9-11 to ourselves first <laughs> to justify it. But, but, you know, they say it's to overthrow the Taliban. And then for what? To replace the Taliban with the Taliban and then give them billions of dollars worth of fucking guns and tanks and fucking all kinds of shit helicopters it's just an insane world we live in man um but yeah it's it's you know you think about war zones and you you think they're so far detached from you you know it's ukraine it's the middle east it's africa um but this is taking place right dude 15 miles away from san diego Two, over 2,000 murders in 2022 alone. So it's crazy, man. And there's tons of women going missing. There's like, it's really dirty, bro. It's really dark down there. Um, and it, with regards to the crime and shit, you know, there's beautiful areas of, of Mexico. There's It's a vibrant culture, a lot of fucking awesome people, but it's a few motherfuckers that are fucking it all up as it usually tends to be. So, um, that was kind of my synopsis, you know, as a, as a white dude living in America, um, who went to Mexico for three days, <laughs> that's what I gained. And, uh, you know, did some research, watched a couple of videos. I'll put a bunch of links up to, um, some of the information that I got here. I would highly recommend this, um, this podcast that I watch. It's from the Concrete Podcast. And it's uh, an interview with this dude, Ed Calderon, and it's how China is weaponizing Mexican cartels against America. And it's a three-hour thing, and it goes into all kinds of interesting stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Mexico's a giant country. I couldn't sum up America in an hour. 
I, I, in a lifetime, and I'm sure Mexico's the same way. But uh, just with, I wanted to focus on the conflict going on down there, and because it just blows my mind. It's it's fucking crazy, man. Um, something needs to be done about that because, you know. And then you think about the people who come over here illegally and and cross the border and shit, and it's like, yeah, fucking, I would too. I'd be the first motherfucker to do that and bring my whole family with me. I'm trying to fucking stay there with all that bullshit going on. You know, so you can't blame these people. I mean, they're not bad people. If anything, they're fucking very aware of what's going on. So, I don't know, dude. That's what's going on down there. At least what I think, what I gathered. Um, Thanks a lot for listening. I'm going to end it right here. Peace out.